Welcome to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. In episode 24, I get to sit down for an interview with co-founder of GMB Fitness, Ryan Hurst. I was so fortunate to have this opportunity with Ryan and really get to see and feel exactly how meaningful his personal journey has been starting in gymnastics, getting into mixed martial arts, which took him from living in Kansas all the way to competing and fighting against black belts in the Osaka castle in Japan. His journey is an inspiring one to say the least. Ryan does a really great job of explaining to you guys the importance of maintaining a student mindset pretty much for anything that you approach doing and how setbacks and injuries can actually be, in hindsight, some of the best lessons and experiences that we can go through to grow as a person. You'll learn all about how he used these ideas to contribute to make GMB what it is today, an accessible and entertaining movement resource. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate so much you making the time to just chat today. I'm excited to dive into your story and just kind of hear about how you got to where you are personally and professionally with GMB. Uh, You are the co-founder of GMB, is that correct? That is correct. Founded it with Andy Fawcett and Jarlo Ilano. Um, 10 years ago. So officially wow. 10 years ago, it's been around for a little bit longer, but officially 10 years um, last August. Yes. Okay. So, Congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah. So I've been, so I discovered you um, through, I think GMB's YouTube channel Okay, cool. Um, And then for you and for listeners, I think it was like three or four episodes back, actually, I interviewed Azima Azmi. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. She is a GMB trainer. So she works with you guys. And we were just kind of, you know, chatting about how all of the resources from GMB on Instagram or YouTube, wherever you go, are just so helpful Um, because you guys really focus on not just moving well in your body for a particular sport, but for moving well for life, which is kind of, I feel like as far as fitness, it kind of flips it on its head. So many companies focus on like, get into fitness so you can get better at this one thing that we teach, like, right, you know, sport specific. So which is different from what we do. Exactly. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yes. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, how did you you know, come up with this perspective or outlook, like what I want to know more about your background and movement and, you know, what I'm sure there's so much that led to it, but (laughs) (laughs) just kind of jump in with that. That's the, um, how I came to GMB and my perspective of the company. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there. Um, so yeah, just to touch on your, on your, the first thing that you brought up, we're actually not trying to do more GMB. Our thing is that we want people to simply use GMB enough in terms of just enough for them to help them with whatever it is in their life that they want to get better at. So once again, 
it's not a matter of doing more GMB. It's actually not doing a lot of GMB. It's saying, okay, this is my goal for X. This is how GMB can help me. And that's it. And we can get really focused. A lot of people I see get focused on being good at fitnessing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's not really where we're at um, in terms of that. Yes, we can help you to fitness more if that's what you really want to do. Yeah. But again, it's looking at, okay, what is your main goal? And we're all different. Some people might be into martial arts. Some people might be into a sport. Uh, some people just might want to say, oh my goodness, I'm at this age now and I have not been moving my body for X number of years. I don't like to go to the gym. I can't go to the gym right now due to this whole COVID stuff that's going on. Yeah. I know that I need to do something. Oh, here's something that I can do and do it in a way that specifically looks at what I need. And that's really what we're after. And again, the movements that we show are simply tools to help you to become better aware in your body to understand what you really need for the other things that you want to be doing in your life. And again, it could just be a matter of, you know, like I said, getting a little bit older and then saying, you know, I've got kids. I want to be able to play with my kids in a better way without feeling like I got ran, you know, run over by a truck in the morning or something like that. And so, you know, again, everybody has different goals that they're after. And that's a big part of it is really, really focusing on what's your goal and having that why so that you can focus on saying, okay, this is all I need in terms of, I don't just need to do all this stuff and really having to focus on what's going to be good for you instead of just, you know, playing that hamster and that hamster wheel and thinking you have to do something because I don't believe you really have to do something. It's your choice of what you get to do and how you do it. And we just want to help people to be able uh, to do whatever it is they're doing better. Yeah. Yeah. So helping them build just like self-reliance for the things exactly. that they want to do in life. Exactly. And we and call it, you know, physical autonomy is what we're after and just being, you know, comfortable in your skin and knowing exactly what's going to be good for you to be able to move and do the things that you want to do. Yeah. It sounds like building that relationship with the body. I think and fitness so often, um, at least from my experience and what I see a lot with clients too, is they're taught, this is how you do X movement. And so yeah. people are so focused on just thinking about how am I supposed to be bending my hips or what do I do with my arms? And they're not really focused on feeling it. Right, and, right. And that just comes with it's experience. Tough. Yeah. yeah. And we do, of course, you know, there is you do need to start off with that and you do need to tell them, okay, place your hands in this position, um, hips in this position, X, X. But the thing is, is only as a guide, if you will, because for example, when I teach the squat, to me, the squat isn't, you know, this is the position of the squat. To me, it's first figuring out, okay, can you do a squat? And what does that squat look like to you? And that's it because I can't, and I shouldn't, and I don't think anyone should push you into a position that one, you're not ready for, and one that you might not be comfortable with. And so that's why we have our assessment. We have a call it the AAA framework where we assess where you're at. And the squat's a great example of just saying, hey, listen, show me what a squat looks to you. 
And then, then what we can do is then we can say, okay, where is it uncomfortable? And then the second thing is that we address issues that might arise, tight ankles, tight hips, knee issues, a possibly lumbar issue. And then we can address, you know, those, what I just said, and then apply the necessary protocols that's going to help that person with that squat. Because in the end, to me, a squat is being able to get into a squat, but then expand upon that and being able to get in and out of that squat in as many different positions and movements as possible. And that's real freedom, real freedom to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great point because so often the squat that you see maybe like a power lifter or bodybuilder practice is very, this exact <clears throat> movement pattern that they're trying. And to it do. has to be right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do over and over. But then is that, you know, what, what you were saying, freedom in real life is so many unpredictable right, positions right. that we could find ourselves in. Absolutely. And I want to say, I think that, you know, barbell squats and powerlifting and stuff like that is, is great. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't be doing that if that's what you want to do. My thing is mainly saying, all right, if that's something you want to pursue, let's make sure that you're at least first comfortable in the squat and you have a good squat and you're focusing on strength, flexibility, and control mm -hmm. before you start loading up that bar and getting under load. Yeah, that's a really great point. So would you say that you're, um, you, you like to focus on teaching like a lot of fundamentals to individuals Absolutely. before? Absolutely. And that's kind of like what your bread and butter is to help them Go that's to right. Level. Okay. That's right. And so, you know, if you come to GMB, you might see some flashy skills and you'll see maybe, I don't know, you know, the use of gymnastic rings and, you know, planches, handstand pushups, you know, some more, I don't even like to say advanced, but mm -hmm. skills that have some flash. And that's great. But really, what I'm after is saying, okay, do you have that foundation down first? Because if you have that down, those other skills are going to be attainable. It's when you start chasing those shiny, sparkly things without having that foundation is where we see issues. Um, and not just I'm talking injury, I'm talking frustration. We're talking internal dialogue that's not positive for our well-being, saying, yeah. oh, my goodness, I can't do this. I'll never be able to do this. I might as well just quit. Well let's have a growth mindset instead and start looking at what we, where first we need to start. That's where this AAA framework, where we assess the situation is. And then once you know that we can start addressing things and then we can set you up for some, some small wins that translate into big wins down the road. And that just basically looks at that foundation. But again, we all come to this foundation at different levels. And so even though we might be all looking at the squat, we're coming into this again at different levels because we all have different bodies. And so this is why they, uh, a person who does powerlifting, if they were to come in and look at the way that we're asking to do certain squat variations, they're going to be able to look at that in the lens where they need it rather than just saying, oh, that's just simple stuff. I don't need that at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we can present it in a way where, where we can say, listen, this isn't going to, you know, solve the world hunger problem, but mm -hmm. it, it can help you 
in your activities, as long as you're being true and realistic and looking at yourself and using that growth mindset to say, okay, I'm going to assess, I'm going to address, and then I'm going to apply the appropriate protocols to help me. Ah, okay. AAA framework. I see. I was, going, right. to, I was going to say, it sounds like you're basically saying apply it to your own situation. And you touched on that AAA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like it. So talking all about like building a foundation kind of reminds me, I have a, a background in gymnastics, not super extensive, but I always say like gymnastics is so beneficial for, you know, improving body awareness and just building a good foundation. I believe you also have a background in gymnastics. Yes. Yes. I started at a very, very early age and um, competed until I was 18 years old. And um, it was great. And that's my first foundation, if you will, for everything. A fabulous coach fabulous coach. My coach, actually, I stuck with him my entire career, you know, until I was 18 years old. I also competed in high school, which um, this is going to sound horrible, but it was kind of like, it was just fun. Uh, The reason why is the level was just so low compared to the competitive team um, that I was on. And actually the members of my competition team, we all went to the same high school. And so it was fun because we just dominated and, nice. and really it was just, uh, you know, it sounds horrible and it's just an ego thing, but the thing of it is, is it was fun because it was a different way for us to express our gymnastics in a way that was just fun. Not that the competition wasn't fun when we were doing that. It's just, the level was just so intense, yeah. um, that, yeah. But also during that time, um, I never can sit still. And so I started uh, martial art as well. Um, I think, I think in the United States, it's changed a lot, but um, when I was young, so I'm 40, I'm 48 years old. I'll be 49 here pretty quick. But um, back when I think junior high was three years, I think it's only in high school was three years. Anyway, my third year of junior high, I started uh, martial art. And so what I would do is uh, every day I would go to gymnastics practice, but then uh, a couple of days a week after gymnastics practice, I would go to my martial art and I would train that. And so I got really deep into that. And that's actually what led me to uh, come to Japan. And so, uh, yeah, when I was in university, I went to university in the United States for a couple of years. And then I transferred over to a university here in Japan. And so I did kendo and judo. um, And that was kind of like when I was in university, that's what I just wanted to do. And I did this Mm. every day. That's what I did over here. And had another fabulous instructor. Um, coaches have played a very huge part in my life, mm-hmm. in my development. And so um, I've been really lucky in those, in those realms to be able to learn from, from these male models. And that actually just basically led me to become a teacher. Did not know it at the mm-hmm. time, but, you know, that's kind of where it went. And kind of rambling, but basically, yeah. So I came to Japan, had the opportunity to uh, work with uh, the police and the self-defense force simply because my instructor was teaching there. And yeah, and they just beat my butt every day. Just, it it was great. I loved it. (laughs) And uh, I lived with my instructor. It's called Uchideshi, which is a live-in student. And excuse me, excuse me. 
and uh, did that. And then I graduated from university and then I moved to Osaka. And so I uh, continued with my martial art and I actually ended up working at a, a Japanese shrine. And mm. within that shrine that, or they have a martial arts complex. And so I worked there for eight years and it was surrounded by um, these fabulous martial art instructors. And so I got to participate in a lot of other martial arts uh, continuing with that. And so, you know, everything from, you know, uh, Aikido, Aikido Jiu-Jitsu, Daitoryu, Aikido Jiu-Jitsu, Shorenji Kenpo, Karate, uh, Kyudo, you know, just all this different wow. stuff. And I worked there for eight years. And then my boss, um, again, another fabulous human um, said, hey, you got to do your own thing. And so after eight years of that, I, I quit and I started my own company. Um, this is before GMB, but I was involved. I got involved with a fitness organization in the United States, kind of worked my way up through the ranks. And I ended up becoming the program director for them and designing some of the programs and teaching around the world. And that's actually where I met Andy and Jarlow. Mm. And so, yep. During that time, actually I had a major injury uh, in judo and I uh, tore my shoulder, had a reconstructive surgery on my shoulder. And that's really kind of the catalyst that changed a lot of things Mm. because I needed to start looking at doing things differently. And I was 30, I think it was like 31 at the time. Okay. So, so I was a little older and I was still competing in, in judo, which to be honest, I probably shouldn't have been, but oh well. So can you explain, because I'm not super familiar with different types of martial arts and I don't know if listeners maybe as well. So sure, the two yeah. types that you started with, I guess, the mo- yes. ones you focused on most, could you maybe explain a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. So, are? yeah. And so kendo, um, Kendo is basically a sword art, Mm -hmm. but uh, typically people think about it that way. You think about like an actual sword. Kendo is more the sparring version of sword work. And so you put on a helmet, gloves, you know, body protectors, and you have a bamboo sword and you basically beat the crap out of each other. It's fabulous. There's a lot more to, there's a lot more to it than just that. It's, it's a, um, a gentleman's art, if you will, not that only men use it. I mean, gentlemen in the term of, of, of respect in terms of your opponent, a lot of, you know, strategy and, um, Basically, like, you know, a guy from Kansas who wants to be a samurai, that is kind of like, you know, the ultimate thing for me when I was doing that. And so um, I was very, very into that, uh, continued with it. And, excuse me, judo, I think everyone pretty much knows what judo is, but basically you're standing up and you throw each other and then you grapple on the ground a little bit. And I was very lucky because when I was doing judo, it wasn't just the sport judo in terms of the Olympic style judo. Again, I got the opportunity to do it with the police. And when I moved to Osaka, I actually trained at the police, um, a police station here in Osaka with some other police officers. And I also had the opportunity to train a few times a week because I trained every day, but a few times a week 
I trained actually at the castle, the Osaka castle, which was phenomenal um, because I was the only non-Jap. Well, I lie. There was one other person from time to time that would come uh, a European. And I don't remember where he was from, but the two of us uh, would go. And it was a lot of fun because we would step on the mat with all these fabulous black belts. Uh, You have to be black belt to train there. And so it was it was great. And so I got to go and train there with um, people from all over uh, Japan, if you will, and Osaka from different um, dojos, which are basically the martial art groups. Uh, they would come from different places and a couple of times a week, we would meet at the castle. And uh, every single time I went there, which is crazy, because I was just like, oh my God, you know, I'm this guy from Kansas and I'm walking, you know, and I'm walking in a castle and I'm training in a castle. It was just, it was really wow. cool. It's, it's still pretty cool to think about it, but um, it wasn't that I was special or anything like that. It's just, you know, anyone, if they had worked hard and, you know, got their black belt, they could do that. But um, again, there weren't any other foreigners at that time that were training there regularly. Um, but it was really cool because Sorry, I'm kind of going off on this, but it was really cool because um, the martial arts hall was just one huge big room and they would divide it. It was a hardwood floor. And so they would divide it right in half. And so so what they would have is half of it would have mats, half of it would have the hardwood floor. And so at the same time, you'd have people doing judo and then the opposite side, people doing kendo, which Mm -hmm. were the two things that I absolutely love to do. And so what I would do with is a couple times a week, I would be doing judo there. And then I, once a week I would do kendo. And then of course I would still train at the police station where I was, and I was still working at the martial arts complex. So there was okay. some times where I was doing like two times a day and, wow. and training. And so um, anyway, but so- the fitness side of me was really to help me to continue to do the martial arts. And so it's always been for me that. And so that's kind of where I'm going with all of that. And so it's exactly what GB is in terms of, it's not to do more fitness for us. There's a goal. And my goal was to be able to continue to step on the mat. And I actually use that phrase uh, in GME and I say, hey, listen, let's just every day, just try to step on the mat. And that's just a way of saying, you know, let's just start, let's just continue and just see where we're at and just, again, continue to, to move forward and continue with what we're doing. So, yeah. I love that. Like, I feel like the whole journey, you're just constantly in that student growth mindset. You're saying I had wonderful coaches and you just naturally were always, um, you know, at, on, on your knees, I guess, like learning from them. And then literally on my knees sometimes, you know, (laughs) from being like, thrown on the mats and everything sorry to interrupt you but yeah. yeah no you're fine yeah. just um and by doing that and kind of learning the fundamentals from them it transfers into constantly growing and growing and then all of a sudden you're in this castle and you're like wow <laughs> yeah, here it's crazy, I am. Right? Like, yeah exactly yeah, it's, it wasn't all it wasn't all roses I will say that I mean <laughs> you know it's um I I will say pretty much every single time I went I was like I wanted to to go home because like it it was not easy training you know Mm -hmm. it was every single day getting my butt kicked 
And, you know, there are days where I was just like, ah, I was, I was scared. I got to be honest. I was scared. I was nervous, but I was also excited, you know, and it was one of those things though, where I would have those butterflies, but at the end of practice, I was always so glad I went. And so, you know, this really, as far as people starting new things and being open to do things, I get it. And this taught me a lot of empathy uh, for teaching, to be honest, because that's why I want to create an atmosphere that that's welcoming um, so that people can feel, okay, I'm cool being here and just say, no, it's cool. And no expectations. And I think that's a big thing too, is when you start thinking, oh, it has to be this way, or I have to be this way, or, you know, oh, this person is doing this. So therefore I should do it that way too. When you start thinking like that, then those, those voices come up and it keeps you from actually just being you. And that's really what I want in GMB is it's not people to look at me and go, oh, I want to move like Ryan. You know, I'm like, no, I don't want you to move like me. I want you to move and just be a better version of you. What's good for you. Um, and that's tough, right? But yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah. That comparison, I think, is where exactly you start yeah. to put a limit on yourself of what you right. can actually achieve. And it's like, right. why do that? Yeah. You don't know your own yeah. potential. <laughs> exactly. And or if it's even good for you. And so mm-hmm. this is another thing, too, is where, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of maybe flashy moves in GB, but it doesn't mean necessarily that you have to do them, nor should you. And so we, have, I like to say, and we say this a lot, good is good enough. And a lot of people will hear that and say, well, why won't you, why don't you want to be perfect or something? And I'm like, well, I'm not saying that we're not trying to be, do the moves as beautifully as possible. What I'm saying is, what is good to you? And sometimes just this is good enough for you to be able to do the other things in your life that you're wanting to do. And so again, just because I can do one arm handstands doesn't mean that you should be doing them. So therefore you need to find what's good enough for you to be doing. And so I think that's extremely important. And again, it comes back to our AAA framework, which when you assess where you're at, then you can start to be not just realistic, but you can say, Oh, wow, I can do this you know, this is where I am. Okay, cool. Let's address some, some of what's going on so we can help you to be a little bit better. Then you start to apply what you need for that. And again, the application portion of it is going to be slightly different depending on your goals and also uh, what you can do with your body. And then that good enough kind of outlook, it's like you do that over and over again, and eventually you are achieving those big things, and then you can exactly raise the bar. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing is when we strive to be perfect all the time, it's just that pressure of, of trying to be that way can just be so overwhelming. And so that's why today, just focus on right now being good enough to what you're doing. And what does that mean for today? And that's why every single day, looking at, okay, What's going on today? Am I doing not just what I need to do, but like, is this helping me for the other stuff that I want to do? And sometimes it means not doing something. And this is what's difficult for people. And we call this auto-regulation. And so this is where, okay, let's just at least step on the mat. And I mentioned that earlier, just step on the mat. Okay. You know, you might not feel like doing it today, but let's just step on the mat 
and see where things are going. And so you start moving your body a little bit and you prepare, we, we call it prep because we use what are called the five P's for our programming. You prepare yourself for that day's session. In the preparation portion of it, you're actually doing a little mini assessment of where you are that day. And so let's say, for example, that you didn't sleep well the night before. You feel like you might have a cold coming on. Something like today, I'm a little congested. I have some allergies, okay? Doesn't mean that I'm just going to go, oh, well, I got a little bit of a sniffle. Well, I'm not going to work out today. I'm good to go, okay? Maybe you need to do that. But let's at least step on the mat and see where we are. And then you start moving your body a little bit. And then you start to feel. And you might realize, oh, you know what? I didn't really feel like doing it today. But once I start going, I realize I'm feeling really good. And so then you start to continue with your session. Now, so we don't call it a workout. We call it a session because what we're doing is we're focusing on practicing movements. And that's the second part of it. So you prepare the body, you start practicing a movement, and then you start continuing with it. And then you might move into the play portion, which is the third portion, which is you start exploring some of those movements a little deeper. So let's say, for example, you're practicing your squat, you're going into the squat, and it's not a workout. You just do the squat, you feel what's going on. And you might do, for example, a single leg squat, practice that new movement, try to do it as beautifully as possible. You're not worried about repetitions. You set the timer for maybe like 10 minutes. And during those 10 minutes, you just, you do one squat, take a look and say, okay, how was that? What do I need to do to make it better? You do another one. And then at the end of those 10 minutes, then you can maybe explore. So maybe what you do is you get into your squat and you just try rocking back and forth and going in and out of the squat. There's no real, there's no real, like, for example, point, if you will, except just exploration. Again, we're not working out. We're just trying to see what's going on. Then you can go into the next portion of it, which would be push. And push is really where that workout kind of mentality, if you will, comes in. And this is where literally you push yourself and um, just working on getting stronger for the next session. And that's the big thing. And so what we're doing is focusing on pushing yourself to get stronger, increase your range of motion, flexibility, also improve your control for that particular skill that you're working on that is in your practice portion. And then we finish up with ponder, which is where you just take a couple seconds, you know, a minute maybe, and you're just like, okay, what went well? What do I need to do in order to help myself for my next session? And by the end of it, you're like, oh my goodness, I really didn't want to do this today, but I ended up having one of the best sessions I've ever had. Congratulations. That's auto-regulation. And so really listening to your body and moving beyond just what your mind is telling you. Again, it's like me, if I go somewhere and I have some butterflies in my stomach, and if if I just said, well, I'm not going to go because I just don't want to go, then... I'm missing out on an opportunity of possibly having the best experience of my life. There are other days where you actually need to change that. You don't feel well at all, but you think, oh, it's written on a piece of paper that today I need to work out. Therefore, I should just push through it and you do it and you just feel like crud and it's just getting worse. But you're like, I just got to push myself and you push yourself and you finish it and you're like, oh. It wasn't great, but at least I finished my workout and you do the same thing the next day and you push yourself, you end up getting sick and you have to take two weeks off because you can't get over being sick when you could have possibly just taken that day off, allowed yourself rest 
and then come at it the next day or adjusted the intensity of that session where you could say, all right, I'm not going to be able to push myself very hard today, but I can at least practice this movement. You practice the movement just a little bit, maybe at a level that isn't as high, but you still practice it and things are good. Yeah, that's, that's so important. I think for the whole framework, you just explained making movement more accessible to people rather than this elaborate, like process and just so intimidating sometimes the way working out can be discussed in the fitness industry. I mean, it, it's going to depend on the level of the person coming in, but I think that's really important for GMB of having the fundamentals that they help people with. And then the language that complements it, that makes it seem like, okay, we're just, we're just staying curious the whole time. Like, do we actually, do we want to work out today or is all these other factors that happened yesterday actually making us feel truly fatigued and it's better to just do some mobility or you know soft tissue work whatever sure. to, yeah. to feel better for the next session so and it can be tough to know what to do and that, and that's the thing too is that we're trying to take also that guesswork out of it because we're bombarded by so much stuff in our lives right now the last thing we need to do is have some app or something telling us do this do that without that thing knowing what's good for us that day so we actually have a platform where our programs live and we have it's adjustable so we don't call it an app you know it's it's a native structure where you're like okay today this is where i am in my program but i'm not feeling it today but I at least want to do a little bit of something. And so rather than choosing a 45 minute option or an hour option, you choose maybe a 15 minute option where instead of doing everything, you just do the prep, which is the mobility work. Then maybe you just practice a movement and do pondering, call it a day. But then there's those days where you're like, wow, I'm really feeling it. I want to do some more. Cool. Let's do some more. And so you know, that's it. And it gives you the opportunity to decide how you're going to have that session rather than, yeah, rather than me going, push it one more. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mind over matter. (laughs) Yeah. But that's also why we don't use repetitions. And so um, it comes back to the awareness factor. And if I ask you to do 10 repetitions of something, you're focusing on a number. But if I ask you to do one, one of those as beautifully as you can, then just do another one. And you're not worried about how many you do because what you do is you're looking, you've, there's a timer. We use a timer and it's like, let's say, let's say a minute. A lot of people will still try and crank out as many reps as they can in that minute, but I don't care about that. What I want is for you to do one repetition as beautifully as possible and then try to do another one as beautifully as the last one. And when your form starts breaking down, there's two options. There's one, you drop down a little bit. And a lot of people think, oh no, I don't want to drop down. But yeah, you you drop down, you scale down a little bit to make that movement a little easier so you can keep your form very high. Then you continue doing that movement. And the thing about that is you're still going to be building strength, but you're also focusing on quality movement, which means you're creating a good habit rather than doing you know, trying to do a hundred push-ups and only having 20 of those being good, 
you know, congratulations, you're practicing 80 bad push-ups, which is creating a habit of doing bad push-ups. And some people might argue with me, but hey, feel free to argue. That's fine. You know, um, the other thing too is rather than just trying to do tons and tons of repetitions of a particular movement, let's move up to the next level. Let's intensify this movement. Let's say, for example, that you can do 20 push-ups, like really well, great form. I like to keep the elbows in, no elbow flare, you know, keeping the shoulders pulled back and down, nice posture. Well, then, hey, let's move on to the next level and make it harder for you because that's going to challenge you in a way that's different from just cranking out repetitions. A lot of people say, well, what about the burn? Well, I mean, if that's what you're after, then GMB is probably not your cup of tea. Doesn't mean you're not going to get a burn if you do GMB. But if your focus is simply to build mass and to get your workout on, um, then you might be best going somewhere else. And I'm totally cool with that because I think that we all need to find what's going to be good for us. And again, if you're looking for a hit style workout or if your goal is really to pack on size or something like that, uh, there's some people that, that I can really, you know, suggest that you go check out. And I think that's good because I just want people to be comfortable in where they are. But again, you know, trying to look at that intensify a movement by actually looking at trying to sophisticate a movement and say, all right, now I've got this push up down. What if I were to move and put it into motion? What if I were, you know, I call it the Spider-Man, but let's say we put it into motion with Spider-Man. What if we were then to float the legs? And then it ends up becoming this harder version of this. We're exploring the movement on a deeper level, bringing better awareness. And this is where the skill side of things come in. And to be honest, it's just a party trick. I mean, these are just party tricks, you know, handstands and things like that. Are they important? Well, maybe if that's important to you. But there are certain things within the handstand and those skills that you can learn about yourself. That's why we have these in there. So it's not just because we think that everyone should be able to do a handstand. It's really coming back to that awareness and really learning more about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's a different approach than like you were mentioning, adding size with, you know, chasing strength and hypertrophy through doing so many repetitions and just focusing on the sets and the reps, but it also changes the mindset going into the workout and not just trying to get through the workout, actually being present throughout the whole time. And, um, yeah, I'm curious based on you talking about your injury previously, um, was that like an acute or a chronic thing that happened? And I assume it's, it's led to why you've structured GMB this way. Absolutely. So this is acute. I was thrown during competition and the throw was actually illegal. And, um, yeah, I had my shoulder torn out toward ligaments, had surgery. And, um, I was silly. I should have stopped. I continued going with it and just mess it up more anyway, because ego, right. Um, but yeah. And so that really changed a lot because, well, for one, my wife was, Hey, listen, you can't be doing this anymore. You, you, your, your business is your body. You know, you've got to take care of it. So I stopped competing altogether 
and um, still continue doing martial arts, but um, just in a different manner in terms of like the why for me was different. And so even today, for example, I still continue to get on the mat. I train almost every day still in martial arts. So there's like, I'll take, especially recently, like some form of martial art I'm training every single day. And whether that is with a partner or not, but when I get on the mat, I, I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so when I get on the mat to roll, I'm very careful now of who I roll with. And my purpose for rolling is different. And so, for example, if I know that a person is, is gearing up for a competition, I actually won't roll with that person because I'm not the best person for them to roll with because my mindset is mindset is not on the competition right now. And so um, they would be best off training with someone who is also focused more on that. And so um, I'm very lucky to be with a group where we're able to do that as well and be able to um, pick and choose, if you will, um, who we want to do that with. Um, but coming back though, to the injury, yes, that, that was, that was a big thing because again, you know, I was 31 and then around 33 years old, looked at, um, not just starting that, but, but kind of leading towards the GMB mindset, if you will, of, okay, the gymnastic skills, bringing my background in martial arts, um, as well as Jarlo, you know, physical therapist, Andy's also his background and, and Jarlo also with his uh, martial arts. Andy's also a martial artist his whole life and he has a teaching background. And so for us, it was really looking at how can we help in the beginning? It was just guys like us, help guys like us who have families, who have jobs to be able to do this sort of thing in a way that's helpful, but also fun. And fun in a way, not like, oh, life is great, fun kind of thing, but like actually really being like, oh, wow, this feels like I'm a kid again sort of thing. And that's in the beginning, you know, our first thing was uh, gymnastic rings, and then we had parallettes, and then we did the floor. And so it was, it was very gymnastic oriented, if we will, because again, my background with that. Over the years, it's changed a lot um, because right now it's more a matter of looking at our method if you will and really having that into place i mentioned the AAA framework the five p's uh, for how we work through a program auto regulation working towards physical autonomy so again it's not just these flash skills it's really looking at okay what is our foundation and so you know coming full circle from where we very start from where when we started that was actually what I was looking at, but it was for me kind of in the beginning. And so, how, you know, I had this particular foundation from my gymnastics and my um, martial art. But it doesn't mean when I started training again, you know, with GMB that I was able to do the stuff I could do when I was a little kid. And so... I really had to take a look at, all right, if I want to do this stuff, I kind of have to go back and relearn a lot of stuff. And so when I relearned it, it was interesting because I was coming from a bum shoulder, you know, 
my range of motion was not that great. And so me relearning meant actually throwing everything aside and looking at what I could do and what was going to be good for me at that time. And so that's what I was getting at is really that. So my foundation then was for my shoulder, was for the things that I needed. But then we also realized a lot of people would benefit from this. And so that's kind of what it was. And so when we started CMB, we didn't have this grand scheme of it becoming this big company and us doing all this difference. No, it was like, like literally three of us, like, Hey, let's just do this program, you know, just throw it out there. You know, that's really kind of what it was. So it wasn't again, that we had this huge business plan or anything. We're just kind of messing around. And it was more of those things like, Hey, this is kind of fun. Check this out. This is something that I created and you might benefit from it too. And then it kind of caught on. And then that's when we really started buckling down and looking at, again, our method, our curriculum, and trying to refine it. Because if it's, if it's always the same, well, it can't be the same because we're always learning as well and trying to refine. And, and now it's so far beyond me. You know, it's what do our people need? What are they asking for? How can we deliver this in a better way to make it a better user experience. That's really what we're after right now. That's that's our primary thing is helping people to, you know, attain, attain that physical autonomy in a way that's going to be good for them and do it in a way that's going to be not only, you know, beneficial, but also entertaining in the way that I'm not trying to be a dancing monkey, but make it so that they're like, wow, this is kind of fun. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see, you, you have the bum shoulder and you're having to kind of start at ground zero again, maybe not completely ground zero, but having to build trust back up in your body again. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you feel like that is a lot of the feedback you get from people who find GMB beneficial as they've had that similar injury Absolutely. experience? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, five years ago also I fell and um, shattered my ankle, just, you know, broke to the side, completely spun around. Um, I had a plate and nine screws. And um, that was interesting too, because that also taught me empathy, better empathy, but also other people, you know, I logged my recovery from that, you know, and you can see all that, whatever. But that was another thing too, where it was like, listen, I know where you guys are coming from. And we're not trying to say like, you know, GMB will fix your stuff. It'll fix. No, we're not saying we'll fix anything. We're simply trying to say, listen, this could help as long as you get the okay from the doctor and your, you know, physical therapist or whoever you're working with to start working on this stuff. And it is possible to get better. And that's the big thing. It's, it's, it is possible. You do have to put in the work. But this is where it comes back again to our very first topic, kind of sort of a good enough and for why. And that's the huge thing is, okay, you blew out your shoulder, blew out your ankle. Maybe you blew out your knee. Maybe you got a bum hip. Great. Okay. What are you going to do about it? And that's really it. And saying, oh, I want to get better or I want to get the splits or, you know, my favorite thing, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, is when a person messages us and says, hey, listen, 
I read this article that you guys did where you talk about focusing only on like one goal and really just saying, okay, just focus on this. And then once you get that to a certain level, then you can focus on the next thing. Basically the one thing, the one big thing you should be focusing on at a time. But I want to have my barbell squat and then I want to have the planche. I also want the one-arm handstand. I want the one-arm chin. Also, I want handstand push-ups, and I want these by next week. I'm like, okay, um, all right. And then they show me where they're at and they literally can't squat down. And so that's one of those things where it's tough and I get it. And again, it comes back down to that sparkly, shiny thing where we see people do things, but let's first just really take a look and say, what do I need right now? And and if you're coming off of an injury or something like that, yeah, you got to focus on shoring up that issue that you've got with your injury. But it doesn't mean that also you can't be working on other stuff. And so I do want to be clear with that. And so, um, you know, great example, when I, when I broke my ankle, um, literally could not walk at all, right? You know, that was a great opportunity for me, though, to continue with my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and just focus on chokes. Complete, sounds completely random. But the thing is, is what I'm saying is that while I was continuing to shore up my leg and work on rehabilitation for my ankle, which also meant I needed to work on my core because obviously I'm going to have a deficiency there due to me hobbling around on one leg. It didn't mean that I had to put everything off to the side and not focus on something else. And so during that time I could sit down on the ground. And so my partner agreed to let me just basically practice my chokes on him. And I did for like six months. I got really, really, really good at chokes. That was great. So what I mean though is we do need to focus on making sure that we're looking at the things for lack of better terms that are holding us back. And that could be, for example, if you have a hip issue, figure out what you need to do in order to take care of that hip. That's the first order business because it's going to affect the rest of the body. It's also going to affect you mentally. And what I mean by that, it's, it's, you're always going to have a fear factor of doing certain things. And so being able to, let's not say work past it, but be comfortable with wherever you are with that is a very important thing. And that comes down to really assessing the situation, addressing it and applying it. It all comes back to a triple A framework. And I'm not trying to sell anything here. I'm just saying that's just what it is. And so, you know, that's why we have so many articles on literally, if you just type in GMB fitness, ankle, GMB fitness, wrist, GMB fitness, shoulder, you're going to find an very, very in-depth article or articles on, do you have shoulder pain? This is what it could be. Here's some things to help you. You know, that like, that's where it's at. And our main thing is let's first address those. Let's figure out what's going on, work with you to help you to get comfortable where you are. So then you can start working on the other stuff that you want to work on. And that was a long rant, but, um, it's tough and I totally get it. And again, because I've been there, you know, ankle, shoulder, um, my knee. So a knee is a great example too, because the reason I stopped gymnastics is because, um, 
I didn't blow out my knee, but I had a knee tear. I tore my knee and I had to get my knee. I had knee surgery when I was 18 years old, stopped gymnastics. And so, you know, pretty beat up guy. But the thing is, is again, you know, I'm 48 years old. If you see me move, I think I still move pretty well for an old guy. I don't think I'm old, but, but, you know, I'm still continuing to do this. And still to these days, I'm like, okay, what do I need to work on? There's certain things that I need to work on. And I know that they could hold me back. So I address those issues, but I still continue to work on the stuff that I want to work on to have fun with that. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good. It's, it's all good. It's funny. Cause you've mentioned like the reason I got pulled into the world of GMB, I had a hip injury from powerlifting super. There you um, go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be so defeating because you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get back to where I was quote unquote, yep. or, yep. you know, all of these things mentally that come with injury that you maybe haven't experienced if you haven't had a big injury before, but it's just about finding what's, what's accessible to you and then being realistic in that process. Like, Uh I think we all want to be, you know, we want to be further than where we are, but then we really come back to it. We're like, Oh, okay. This is where I need to start. And there is a path that allows me to succeed by, you know, doing the proper research, reaching out to mentors and things and finding a way to get you on that path to where you want to be. But it's absolutely, it takes work just as you said. And it sucks. It really does. (laughs) It's, it's horrible. Excuse me. Um, Being injured. Obviously it's not fun. In hindsight, I will say the injuries have been the best thing for me in terms of me growing as a person. Um, they were difficult for everyone involved, not just me, but thanks to me looking at those as a learning opportunity, it's really helped me as a person. I think it's actually in terms of GMB personally, my, my position, if you will, my, my, uh, place in GMB, I think it's made me better. And so therefore it made GMB better um, with that. So, um, but yeah, it sucked. And the thing is, is because you think, oh, I'm never going to be able to walk again. I did power, you know, like in your case, oh my goodness, I'm never going to be able to go back and do that. I think a big thing with me, whenever I've had any injuries, I look at injuries as they're always self-inflicted. You've put it well, unless there was something like in a car accident, which to be honest, I mean, you're driving. So who knows? But what I mean, if you're looking at it in, in the whole scheme of things that really it is kind of self-inflicted, if you will. And I'm not trying to go too deep here, but it's it can give you pause. And, and I don't think you should be scared of doing things again. But for example, uh, my injury with my ankle, I did that on a skateboard and I was on a half pipe and the half pipe, it was a huge half pipe. I mean, it was really, well, huge in terms of like, it was tall. I shouldn't have been on that, you know, and like, you know, thinking that. And so that risk, if you will, compared to that, you know, risk reward, um, but then also looking beyond that, could I have prevented that? Yeah, it happened. Okay, great. It's time to move on. And that's what I'm getting at. I will say during that time, 
Um, I just finished reading a book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Fabulous book. Um, it was great. And so when I had that injury, I remember it happening. I was with um, one of my closest friends here in Japan. And um, <clears throat> at first he was like, what are you doing? What? I was like sitting down and just started screaming. I was like, ah, you know, he's like, dude, what are you doing? And I, and I pulled, my leg was folded underneath me and I pulled it up and it was just, it was nasty. And, um, he was like, Oh my God. And then I tried to turn my foot to put it back into place. And, um, I turned it around, which was good. Cause I needed to do that. And he just freaked, but, but at that time, yeah. I remember, yeah, the he was shock just like, and the trauma that comes. Yeah. With- yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's crazy. And so I do remember though, I, I gave myself the opportunity to kind of like be angry at myself and, and kind of curse the world. And then I said, I'm done. And, and this is kind of what I was getting at is my buddy's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm done complaining. Let's go to the hospital. And he was like, okay. And so he had to carry me, but we had a towel. And so I took a towel and I wrapped my foot. He fire, you know, fireman carried me to the car. We were in the middle of nowhere. I was, we were an hour and a half away from where I live. And I remember calling my wife and I was like, sweetie, I did something. And we were supposed to have left for our very first family holiday, two days later, that's where we were supposed to go. And I remember my wife, she's like, "Hmm, all right. So anyway, she met me in the hospital and I went to, you know, when I was, I went to one hospital and the doc, and I was like, hey, doctor, you just put a cast on it. I got to get on the airplane and teach because I was supposed to go teach in Europe. And uh, that's where we we're going uh, two days later. And he was like, I don't think you understand what you just did. I was like, I got to teach. Just put a cast on it. It'll be good. It's like on to the next thing. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but luckily he knew um, fabulous, fabulous uh, sports doctor specialized in ankles who happened to also do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And which was fabulous because that surgeon and I spoke, I I went to a different hospital that day, checked in and the doctor looked me up on Instagram and was like, wow, okay, we need to get you back to being able to do this stuff. And I was like, cool. So my surgeon was, was phenomenal. Very lucky in that regard because they didn't say, well, you're never going to be able to walk again and just, we'll just patch you up. So they really, really focus on making sure that I was able to use my ankle again. I, of course, I don't have 100% mobility in my ankle, but I continue to work on it. And I think really that's kind of the thing is it's looking at these things that happen as opportunities to learn and challenges. And if you can do that and just say, all right, listen, it happened tough. What am I going to do? What do I need to do in order to get back to where I want to go, but then also take time to reflect, to say, okay, this is a major change in my life. Therefore it's going to affect a lot of different things and then give you time to reflect and say, okay, what's the next phase of my life now with this. And, and that, that's really, that, that, that was, that was very important to me. And um, it was great. It was really great because now I can look at things and it's changed the way that I actually do a lot of stuff. Because now I actually slow down a little bit. I tell everybody else to slow down. Now I've actually slowed down. And I actually enjoy things a lot more now. Because I'm not just trying to just like do everything. 
you're not focused on like trying to get the skill it's more about yeah, the quality no. of the journey exactly that's exactly yeah. right. which and, i tell everybody to do and here should heed my own advice so. yeah it can catch up to us though the the lessons that you learned though from injury it's like so much wisdom and yeah. it completely changes your approach that you take after yeah, it and absolutely the yeah the feelings that come up, like honoring, you know, accepting and um, just allowing yourself to be with anything that it, it yeah, comes up in your body. So yeah, all yeah. really good advice. Um, <laughs> all the wisdom. So is there uh, like particular influences you would say you had along the way with like you know, putting, putting GMB together or in your own approaches, or is it just like the mentors you kind of said you happen to have along the way? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I pretty much mentioned a lot of it with the gymnastics background, uh, martial art, um, yoga played a huge part of it as well, because I was very much into yoga. Um, and it's not just me, of course. And I mentioned, you know, Jarla with his physical therapy background, with his martial art background, Andy with his martial art background and his teaching background, we all bring different things to it. Um, so even though, yes, I might have ideas for how I want a particular program, it's not just me throwing things on a piece of paper and putting it out there. We're really thinking, okay, all right, these movements are great, but why? How can we, you know, look at presenting these in a way that it's actually going to make sense for a person to work through them? Um, and again, you're looking at the user experience. And so it's the platform that we use. And so my mentors, if you will, taking all of those different things, the tone that we use, the way that we cue people, looking at research out there in terms of, okay, how can we get people to actually continue to use the programs beyond, you know, X amount of weeks? Because, you know, in the beginning, it's like the honeymoon period where everything is so cool and new. And yeah, this is awesome. And then you start getting into the second or third week and it's getting to be work. And you're like, oh, kind of fade off. And so, you know, how can we help people to really go back and say, all right, you know, let's at this week, let's take a, you know, st step back quickly and look at why we first started this program. And, you know, little things like that, that my mentors really helped me with. Um, things like just step on the mat and see what happens. You know, there were days, um, one of my good friends too, uh, named Joe, uh, his instructor told him this as well. And, and it's just, you know, if you've got good instructors, they're, they're not going to say the same things. They're going to say them a little differently, but they're all going to be similar in that, you know, you, you know, you just got to step on the mat that day and see how it goes. And, and I just continued to come back to that again, because there were days where I was sick and tired of being the, the mob where I would sip on the mat and these police officers would just be like, Hey, here comes the foreigner. And, you know, they would grab me and throw me and toss me around. And I just, and I was just like dying, you know, cause they're five minute rounds They do five minutes. And I was like, Oh, I can take a break. And I thought I could have like a five minute break. And then another guy comes over, let's go. And I was like, Oh my God. You know? So like, but the thing is, again, it's, it's looking at those experiences. And even though I can't tell you that person's name, I don't remember even really what they look like. All I remember is 
the feeling of that guy in that particular throw, he was my mentor at that time and saying, okay, I didn't die. That was a good experience. And, but then as well, there were times where I remember being with guys where there was just no respect. It was pure. They just wanted to hurt me. And, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. You know, that was where they are. And I don't know where they are now. It doesn't matter, but learn so much from that too, because that was one of those things where I was like, I don't want to be that kind of guy. Yeah. And so, so that also looking at, okay, in GMB, how do we want to portray, and it's not even portray, but basically how can we just be the same as you hear me now, same as you see me on video in person, but put that on video and teach it in a way where it's just what you see is what you get. And then also trying to let people know I'm not a guru. I'm, you know, I'm not like whatever. I'm just some dude who just has a little more experience and is trying to help another dude and do that, you know, understand themselves better. And so really that's kind of what it's been. And again, because of our, my mentors were not those kind of people, you know, my gymnastics coach, just, just phenomenal guy. You meet him. He's just so quiet but he just had this presence and, you know, ended up becoming gymnastics coach of the year in the United States, like multiple times, like there's two times coach of the year in the United States. But again, you meet the guy and you just, you never know. But the thing is, is the caliber of his coaching was incredible. My kendo instructor, when the guy I lived with here in Japan, he's still, he's my Japanese father. And I still communicate with him, not every week, but at least a couple of times a month, you know, and so play these pivotal roles in my life because they were just them. They were just being them, but they truly, truly believed in what they were doing and they wanted to be the best that they could be. They didn't necessarily strive to be the best in the world or anything. They were just, again, just looking at that good enough. What do I need to do today in order to help me to just be a little bit better? And it was not for them it was for their students. And so that's, again, I think that in my case, at least really, really like they played such a pivotal point in my life because it was always, okay, what can we do to be a little bit better in order to help the students? And so that, that's kind of how I look at it. And I'm still learning. I still don't know, you know, the more that I study and the more that I do, I'm more like, God, I don't know anything. You know what I mean? And there's times where I'm just like, I'm such a fake, you know, I'm just like, Mm. oh my God, you know, and still go through that. But then I'm like, listen, if I can just help one person today, that's listening. I'm like, cool, you know, (laughs) great. So, yeah, it really goes to show how your environment really shapes you. Um, You know, it's, it's not just the people, it's the experiences and everything all adds up. Absolutely. Teaching you exactly what you need at that moment. So, and there's some rough people out there and and I get it. That's their shtick and that's fine. And I'm totally happy with them doing that, you know, because again, they're just being them. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to do is just be me. I'm not trying to be anybody else and I don't want anybody else to try and be like me. You know, in, in we have what's called the apprenticeship, which is when a person wants to become a GMB trainer. And it's it's about four months long. The very first call, 
when I talk to them, like, listen, I just want you to be you. I don't want any mini Ryans. We do not. That's the last thing we need. And I said, you know, GMB, when you go through this, you're learning the methods. And the reason that we're teaching it in this particular way throughout the apprenticeship is so that you can have an understanding of the method so that you can voice it in a way that's good for your clients. It's not, you're not going to be going off of a script that I'm writing or anything like that. It's you have this understanding and awareness of the method so that you can put it in your voice for the people that you're teaching that need it. And that's really what we're trying to do and come across there. It's like, what's your version of GNB, if you will? You know what I mean? That's kind of what it is. So, yeah. That sounds very yogic to me. I have a yoga background too, <laughs> but it, it, it's true. It's, you know, everyone has something unique to offer. And that's, yeah, I yeah. think, what you're alluding to there. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about the, what is it, the three P's or no, uh, the three the A's? Triple A. Triple A. Yeah. Um, the five P's, yes. auto regulation. Do you want to talk about some of the different programs that you guys have out there for people? Sure. Um, So a lot of the things that you're going to see are pretty much all of them are just using body weight. And it's not that we're against using stuff. (laughs) Again, it's really just the method. And, And we always have our bodies with us. So it's, it's just a way that you can, you know, bring better awareness to your body. And my thing too, is I really do believe that you need to know how to move your body well um, in order to do pretty much anything that you want to do. And so, you know, for example, like I mentioned before, let's first really get comfortable on having a body weight squat. um, And that's going to help with barbell lifting. It's going to help with power lifting and and everything that you're doing. So one of our programs um, is called Elements. Elements focuses on four movements. A lot of people are going, well, that's it. Well, there's a lot in there, but basically we focus on the bear walk. We focus on the monkey. We focus on the frogger and we focus on the crab. Now within each of these, there's an assessment that goes with them. And so you're not just jumping into this movement, but um, the bear walk though, looks like, you know, if you're familiar with yoga, it looks like an A-frame in motion. That's really what it is. And, or pardon me, it looks like a downward facing dog. looks like a downward facing dog in yoga, in motion. I call the static position an A-frame because um, we're trying to get into an A. And the thing about this is if you draw an A, a capital A, and I draw capital A, it's going to look a little different, right? That's great. Because everybody's A-frame is going to look different. You know, some people are going to have a different pelvic tilt happening. Some people might be able to straighten their legs and get their heels to the ground. Some people are going to have a not so good range of motion in the shoulders. That's fine. We're just using that as a way to assess what's going on. As you get better, that will improve. But really, elements is about looking and really going through the AAA framework, assess, address, apply using these movements, learning these movements. The monkey is where we're looking at a squat position and going laterally right and left with the hands on the floor. Frogger is where we're actually looking at going forward and backward in a squat position. 
And the crab is where we're in a supine position. Our hands are behind us, hips up into the air. So it's the opposite of the frogger, if you will. And so within these though, we're looking at going beyond those movements and adding variations of those movements as well as transitions between those movements going from the bear to the frogger, to the monkey, to the crab, back and forth. And these transitions move basically into combinations of different movements, which then you could say basically flow, if you will. Okay. So even though the goal isn't, I wouldn't say like, you got to flow. It's not that. It's simply bringing awareness so that you're able to move in and out of different movements comfortably. And you've already focused on having that foundation with particular patterns that you've already worked on so that you're able to do this seamlessly. And that's really what we're after with elements. And so that's one. We've also got GMB Mobility, very original name. And surprise, surprise, it focuses on mobility. Uh, but again, it's not just simply the mobility that you might think in terms of let's just focus on opening up our hips and things. And yes, that is a goal, but we will have stretches. We will have particular um, mobilizing movements as well. We also use locomotion. So we, we put everything into motion. That's very important for us because we are not static beings. And so we incorporate um, PNF stretching is in there as well. There's many different protocols that we use together in order to work on that, but that's GMB mobility. We've also got um, vitamin. So vitamin is our exploration movement or program exploration program where basically I present a brand new theme every single day and you don't know what that theme is going to be from day to day. Now, if your goal is just because you want to nail a particular movement, you got to get a movement. Well, this program is not for you because really what it's trying to do is challenge you, not just physically, but also mentally to be able to get comfortable in being uncomfortable and learn to just be open to trying new things. And so that sounds kind of funny, but anyway, yeah, basically what I'm going to do is present you with three movement variations around a single theme that day. Let's say, for example, walking. A lot of people don't think about that, but in there, one of the days is let's walk. But for example, how are you walking? Looking at the walk. Okay, let's add a twist to that walk. Now let's do this. And so like different ranges of that in there to kind of challenge you. And that seems pretty easy, but it's pretty interesting to see people who think that they're walking a particular way and they later realize, wow, I'm not walking the way I thought I was walking. Other things, for example, a forward roll, forward shoulder roll, moving and transitioning into a different kind of role. And so again, there's three levels of these movements. And the point of having these in there is to say, hey, listen, let's just have you try these movements and try not to have you get hung up on thinking that one, you should be able to do it. And two, getting frustrated that you possibly can't do it. Again, it's really trying to say, let's just try things for the sake of trying and try to play and explore movements. It's a fun, fun program. And you actually explore, there's 28 movements and you actually do them twice. And so you, you do 28 days and then you do another 28 days where you revisit those movements. And the purpose of that is you're going to look at them in a different light. And again, it's not to try and nail it, but then by going through those 28 days, you're actually mentally, the way that you think is going to change how you view 
things. And so when you come back to them again, you're going to be more open to that exploration concept. So that's vitamin. The other thing that we have is uh, integral strength. Integral strength is looking at strength. And so uh, looking at the basics of strength, you know, everything from push-ups to the Spider-Man walk, which I think I mentioned earlier, which is um, push-up in motion. Uh, looking at inverted pressing, we're looking at uh, being able to work towards uh, chin-ups um, and different, you know, strength moves. Look at the legs like the shrimp squat, the broad jump, which a lot of people don't really think about in terms of strength, but it's be the strength that we're looking at is strength in our lives. How are we going to be applying this? The broad jump, being able to jump and land with not a, just efficiency, but knowing that we can actually do it, which a lot of people like, if I were to ask somebody, hey, do a broad jump right now, they're kind of like, I don't know if I can even do that, you know? So little things like that. One other program we have is called um, Mobius. And Mobius is looking at five movements. Again, it's similar to elements in which we look at improving and doing different variations of the particular movements, working towards movement combinations and um, putting those all together into one final big flow, if you will. Um, it's it's pretty intense, I'll just say that. But, but you know, if you're looking at just getting on into uh, GMB, then uh, GMB mobility or elements, I would definitely start there. Cool, super well-rounded uh, program. Uh, offerings, I guess is the right word. <laughs> There's a lot in there. Yeah. And they've changed over the years. We used to have everything from gymnastic rings to parallettes to floor. And we actually took those off the market. Um, you know, and we've also got, for example, our alpha posse community where it's just a group of people and you go in there and we give challenges and we've got little mini programs, uh, handstand program, like the handstand program, like, if, like, huge uh that you can only get in the alpha posse so like things like that the alpha posse is kind of our little tongue-in-cheek joke about being alpha and nice. uh, we just like to have fun and that's the thing a lot of good people a lot of good people in the alpha posse which which is cool yeah that's awesome how is that like on facebook like a facebook group you have people no nope. we've got we use a separate platform for that as well it's a okay. community uh, area that we have where um yeah and then also you can post your training log and get advice on um, certain things you're working on during or within programs. So let's say if you're working on elements, uh, you need some help with your frog or something like that, then uh, you can get advice from our coaches on there. Yeah. Ah, uh, so it's like you buy a program and then you get into the membership of the. That's one option. Absolutely. Right. And so okay. then the other, you know, so if you, you've got that, the Alpha Posse also can just be a standalone thing if you want it to be where you can go in there and, you know, it's, it's our community. Gotcha. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So Super our cool. private community. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been talking about um, kind of user experience as a focus right now for GMB. Is there anything like on the horizon that you guys are thinking about doing next? world domination yes um yeah wow um yeah <laughs> can't wait no it's yeah we can't either yeah um <laughs> no it's one of those things where we do have certain things that we want to work on but um yeah really for us it's looking at how we can make the things that we have better and um for example, Praxis, we've spent years working on this and just released it last, was it last year? I don't remember. And uh, we, we have our, all of our programs on there. 
now. But it's it's a matter of, okay, certain things that people might not see. Uh, Praxis is, again, just the name of our, of where we our platform. Okay. It's not a program. It's, 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 it's that platform where everything lives. And this is where, when you go in and you buy a program, you go, you go into our practice praxis system and it's all there. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're on your iPhone, if you're on another smartphone, if you're on your iPad, if you're on a different notepad, laptop, desktop, it doesn't matter you log in and everything is there and it tracks your session and says, Hey, welcome. Welcome to elements day two. Um, here's what you're going to be doing today. And you watch that little video and you choose, you say today, how are you feeling? You know? And you say, well, you know, I'm feeling really good. And you say, okay, cool. So then you can choose like a 30 minute session if you want. And day two, it will adjust according to that day's programming. And then you say, um, um, or maybe you say, oh man, you know, I'm just not feeling it today. And then this is after the prep. So you do your prep. And then after the prep session where you're doing a couple of these warm-up movements, there, there's a question and actually, Hey, how are you feeling? You want to continue? Ah, I'm just not feeling it today. And then you can, you have a couple of choices. Do you want to continue? Okay. Do you want to call it a day? Or do you want to do a different version of something? And you say, I feel like doing a little different version. You can click that and it'll take you to, um, for example, I feel like doing like mobility session. And so then you do a modified uh, version of a particular session. So, so what it will do is really looking at, we're trying to make the user experience better in that term. So it's almost as if I'm in the room with you, if you will, but it's not a follow along. And so this is really, really important for us is that we present a movement to you, a tutorial movement, and then there's a timer and that timer, actually, it's a video of just a demonstration of some of one of my people <laughs> doing that movement, but it's to bring you into that movement. And so the goal is not for you to like follow along with what we're doing on the thing. It's to get you away from actually that. It's to really bring the focus to you and what you're doing during that time. And so you know, I mentioned this earlier, it could be like, you got 10 minutes. And the timer goes for 10 minutes. And during those 10 minutes, you know the movement you're working on because you've watched the tutorial and you tried it before. And we're not going to give you a movement to do that, that you just can't do. It's really focusing on a thing that you're able to practice. And during that time, you do it. You practice it, step away, take a break or something. And we've got this all laid out. And so we, we go through the protocols with you and here's how to work through the programs. And again, you know, Depending on the day, there's going to be a little silly video that's probably going to pop up and me yapping away about something, you know. And so trying to really make it fun, if you will, keep people involved, but not so involved that they're completely, you know, have to rely on following the program, if you will. So that that's important is really to figure out what's going to be good for you. So, yes, lots of stuff. So that really didn't answer your question i don't believe but are we going to have new programs maybe yeah 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 this year yeah one more maybe <laughs> but but the thing is is really again it's that user experience and the ways working on trying to make praxis uh easier for people to use um not necessarily the programs but what i mean is actually like the interface 
and actually how can we get people to better understand um, the concepts and to be able to apply this stuff in their real life. So that's, that's where it's after. That's what we're after with that. That's awesome. Um, just with, with the students I work with, it's um, so important that I help them remember just to stay balanced in their overall life. I think that's what you've been kind of alluding to the whole podcast too, is you want to be at your best, you know, you want to continue to show up and do as good as you can in the moment. So for you, what is, what is staying balanced look like for Ryan? I, you know, I know you have GMB that's grown so big and you have, I know you have family too. So how, yeah, yeah. what are your favorite things to do to stay balanced? Saying no, that's huge. Um, there's a book called Essentialism, Essentialism, and they talk about the hell yeah or no um, concept. And years ago, when I read that book, I think it's Essentialism. I could be wrong. Somebody, maybe you can let me know if, I, if I'm quoting a different book. I apologize. But basically, it's like, okay, we're bombarded by different things during the day. And if we say yes to everything, then we're not going to be able to do anything because, yeah, so busy. I've got all this stuff. I'm busy. Everyone says, I'm so busy. Well, that's a choice you make. And, you know, saying no, I think is very important. This is very difficult in the beginning. But but this is something like, for example, the pod, you and I talking today and you reached out to me. I could very easily just said, oh, no, thanks. You know, and saying no doesn't mean that you're, you're doing it in a way that's rude. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, hey, well, you know, sorry, this isn't something I can do right now. But for me, though, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'd love to do that. That was easy. And so just setting it up. But there's so many different things that we can get stuck on. And so for me right now, no is huge. And it has been this way for years. What do I mean by that is there are people who will send me videos from time to time saying, hey, man, have you seen this video of this skill? Can you do it? And, you know, typically I'll just say no. And, and there are times where, yeah, maybe I can do it. But then I'm just like, no. And they're just like, dude, don't you want to do it? And if I, you know, if I reply, it sounds horrible, but you know, there's some people where I just, I don't reply, but um, because some people are trying to goad me on and trying, you know, and I'm just like, no, no, I'm just, I have no desire to do it right now. It's not in my priority list. And that's the other thing too, is there is no such thing as priorities. There's only priority. And so there's only one thing. And so that's what I'm really trying to focus on right now is my, my, my big thing. And I have my different areas of my life. And so, for example, to use my martial art as an example, I train in multiple arts, if you will. But right now I have one focus. And so it's not that I'm not doing this stuff, but my focus is on one thing. This allows me to stay balanced, if you will, because then I can just have my other stuff on the back burner. And it doesn't mean that I don't check them from time to time to make sure that they're not boiling over, but I keep what's in front of me. I keep my focus on that. So for example, like with my martial art, I'm really focusing on my stick work, like sticks, you know, 
And if you go on Instagram, you can see me working with my daughter on those as well. And so right now, um, this month, that's what my focus has been. And, you know, likewise, if it's in GMB, there's one major thing that I'm working on and I'm doing my other stuff. There's other stuff you got to take care of, but what is that? Hell yeah. And then when other things come up, being able to say no, because you know exactly what your why is and what your one big thing is. And so that's why, to be honest right now in my life, there's not a whole lot of stuff I actually do. And I'm not talking about like at work. I mean, there's less if I do at work, but what I mean is like not trying to cram a bunch of stuff in there, if that makes sense. And so that's how I'm trying to keep balanced. Um, I read a lot. Um, I'm more a reader than a video watcher, if you will. That was yeah. going to be my next question. What are your, what are some of your favorite books you've read and oh you'd my, recommend? Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, so many. I, I did mention, you know, um, The Obstacle is Away by Ryan Holiday. That's a huge one. Essentialism. I think everyone should read that. Uh, also, the one thing that I mentioned as well, the book, The One Thing, I think, yes, read it. I mean, get the book, read it, use it. Fabulous. Um, those are off the top of my head. I actually, it's funny you mentioned this because I was just listing out some books because I'm actually needed to clean out my Kindle. <laughs> and so I wrote a list, like all these books that I'm like, oh man, I got to really go through that. Um, the one thing, the other thing, oxygen advantage, the oxygen advantage, talking about breathing patterns. Um, the other thing, goodness, there's so many things. Um, I, I don't know if I can say this word, pardon me, everyone for, for using a curse word, but the book is fabulous by the way. So don't be offended by the title of the book by Mark Manson. It's called everything is fucked. That is the name of the book. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, these books that I'm mentioning though, are mainly looking at mindset. They're looking at lifestyle, um, and basically finding your lifestyle. Um, I bring those up. There's a lot of other, um, books that I, I absolutely love, but I think really those are some of the, the main ones, um, other stuff that are completely random just because I love outdoors, but like the ultimate navigation manual, uh, looking at compass work, um, cause I love map reading and things like that. Some other things um, are just kind of silly kind of things that I've learned that make me think. But when I read, I always have three books that I'm reading kind of at the same time. One is for work related. One is learning. And that's typically for me, Spanish. I'm on a big Spanish kick for the past year. And so I read, I'm reading a book in Spanish. The other one is just to turn my brain off kind of like silly, like novel kind of things, um, fiction. Um, and the Orphan X series, it's about an assassin. It sounds silly, but he lives on these 10 commandments that he has. And it's just really interesting. And of course he's an assassin, it's different. But when reading the book though, these series of books, I'm like, what would my 10 commandments be? Which got me thinking, you know, what those would be. And so like things like that, that actually get me thinking, I really like. So um, might be surprised to hear that there's not a whole lot of like fitness kind of stuff in there. Doesn't mean that I don't read that at all. Cause I do, 
But again, just right now for what I'm looking at, um, my kind of hell yeah right now is is my focus right there looking at some of that sort of stuff. So yeah. lots of stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard before, um, well, one point I want to make is like it ebbs and flows, right? So maybe at one point in your life, you're like all the fitness books, I'm going to learn everything about this. And then it's like, okay, now let's shift a little bit. And so one thing I've heard before is someone said, um, read out from genres outside of your like main interest, because you can make connections from reading because, you know, everything I, is yes. connected. Everything yes. is everything. Yes. So I think that's a really good bit of advice for people. Absolutely. You know, grab just whatever is like, huh, I don't know, maybe I would be interested in that. Exactly. You never exactly. know. Stay and I also think it's good to read about people who have um, opposite views. And so this was something I was actually, I just finished reading a book, which I just, and I don't even want to mention it because I don't want any people to think a certain way about that, but like something I would just never read because their views. I'm just like, I just do not agree with this person at all, like at all of what they're saying, but people were like, Oh, you got to read this book. And I read it and I was like, okay, I don't agree with this person at all, but there's some really good points in there that I could actually look at in relation to a different thing. It just like what you were saying. And so I did learn from it, but uh, it can be so difficult reading those books though, because you're just like, ah, oh, cringing. Sometimes you're just like, oh my God, you're so sexist. You know, anyway, I won't even go into it, but yeah. So no, it's, yeah. it's true. Different, different perspectives, like completely opposite or just completely different lifestyles than what you could exactly. have ever, you know, experienced yourself. Yes. So, yes. Very yeah. important. So where can people find more about um, GMB and then where can people find more about you? Really easy. Just go to the interwebs and you just got to type in GMB fitness. Um, that's it. Whether it be Google, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I don't think we're on TikTok. <laughs> um but yeah just type in gmb fitness and i don't know if you want to check me out as well just type in instagram my post i'm not actually posting as much as i used to because again this is an example of me kind of being like well that's not really a hell yeah for me right now um and so it's rye ry hurst rye hurst h-u-r-s-t not to be confused with ryan hurst of the walking dead um i get so many people tag me on, on Facebook all the time because they think I'm the guy from walking Dead. I'm just like, Hey, that's totally cool. If people want to check out my page via that, I'm like, sweet. But uh, yeah. Or Nicholas cage. I get that too. So uh, yeah. Nice. Bye. Bye Conair. Bye Conair on uh, Blu-ray. Anyway. Yes. So <laughs> check it out. Check it out. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to share with people? Um, any final bits of wisdom or if you're still listening, then wow, <laughs> that's pretty impressive because I completely rambled all over the place. Um, I would say just be you. Just figure out how you can just be more of you. I think that's really just the thing. And just try and enjoy it, you know? So, yeah. yeah, enjoy cool. the ride. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for thank your you. time today. It was an honor to get to know you a little deeper, get to know more about GMB. And yeah, I appreciate it. Good chat. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. Our goal with this show is to help you understand how to build embodied strength, trust, and confidence around movement and nutrition so you can get past perfectionism, living in extremes, low self-esteem, and start living the sustainable, balanced, and empowered life you know you deserve. If you're currently struggling and looking to transform how you feel in your body, this is your calling to apply for coaching. Head over to our website and get started. And while you're there, sign up for our email list. You'll get a free download of our one-month program called Intro to Strength and Wellness. And if you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified of future episodes. By following along, you will begin your journey to the pursuit of authenticity, also known as life. The life of creating ourselves to be exactly who we are supposed to be. Thank you again for your support and see you next time.